Good morning, everybody. If I haven't had a chance to personally come around and greet you, greetings. I'm glad that you're here. And if you're watching with us and worshiping with us by live stream today, I want to say good morning to you and welcome. And I'm glad that you are worshiping with us today. We are just as tickles we can be to be worshiping together with you. I've got a couple of things I want to tell you about today. Uh, first, let me just start with this. This weekend, we had a virtual annual conference which I know, if, if you're old-fashioned like me and you're just used to doing annual conference a certain way, we've had to do a lot of things by Zoom and what have you, but we had virtual annual conference, and I want to say on behalf of Andy Arnell and myself, thank you for inviting us to be back here with you for another year as your pastoral team. Uh, we are very, very happy to be appointed here for another year, so thank you for not booing <clears throat> when I said that. Now we are we are, are thrilled to be <clears throat> to be back here. And speaking of Pastor Andy, he is usually the one that's doing this very thing right here. But Pastor Andy, say a little prayer for him and all the junior high camp campers are going to be at Camp Sumatanga this week. Pastor Andy is leading a junior high camp at Sumatanga. Yeah, there's one of them back there that's going to be uh, giving him some some hassle this weekend. I'm very proud. You say, well, why are they coming to get? Our Pastor Andy to lead something at Simitonga. Well, aren't you glad that we have the go-to person for young people in the conference that they come and get for things like that? I mean, why wouldn't they want Pastor Andy? And Camp Sumitonga is wonderful. I can't say enough good things about it. The experience is going to be great. I hope your kids can go. Um, we have this afternoon a memorial service for Miss Marge Ross. Uh, we are going to celebrate her life. She, uh, she went to be with the Lord at the age of 103, and she was just as feisty as she could be all the way to the end. We love her, and we're going to celebrate her life this afternoon at 2. You are invited to come for that. Now, Sunday School follows this service, and um, Pathfinder Sunday School would like to issue all of you a special invitation. They meet in room 206 upstairs. They're starting a brand new lesson today. And the lesson is, which way, Lord? How many of you have said that over the last year? Uh, yes, so over the lifetime. And it is, it's, it's a wonderful class. Look, it's so important to, to kind of get back together and, and have conversations with people again, if you're able to do that. And CDC says that we're able to do that now. So. I hope that you'll consider that or one of our other Sunday school classes. Um, Rose on the altar today, isn't it beautiful? This is in honor of Miss Amelia Dill. Parents are Brandon and Mary. Big sisters are Catherine and Savannah. Big brothers are Noah and Max. That's going to be a busy family. Um, but we have another Amelia we're going to be celebrating, which is babies everywhere. Isn't that great? Y'all, give it up for it. Babies, baby booms. All right, and this coming tomorrow, Vacation Bible School starts up. It's exciting. It is Discovery on Adventure Island. And it, when you see like giant parents, uh, parrots and palm trees and things like that all over, we are so excited about Vacation Bible School. We get to have it in person. Registration has gone extremely well. It like filled up and then some. Catherine is scrambling. If you'd like to volunteer to help, if you'd like to volunteer to give snacks, donate snacks, then look on our website, look on our, 
our newsletter and you can see what snacks you can donate and how you can donate your time if you can do that. All right. That's about all I have to say right now. So uh, again, welcome and let's, let's pray together. Gracious God, thank you for blessing us with this day and for blessing us with the time to gather together to kind of pause in our busy schedules and turn our attention to you, to show our love and our worship to you. So we offer you our hearts today and we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Celebration. How about everybody stand and sing with us on this first song? you 
believe in the virgin birth. I believe in the saints' communion and in your holy church. I believe in the resurrection when Jesus comes again. For I believe in the name of Jesus. seated all except for our kids and Miss Catherine's going to take them to children's church right now they're so excited that's right and we're excited to be in here too I want to um, I want to tell you about one of our our prayer and our mission emphasis for we're in a brand new month month of June in May we did the tornado buckets thank you for helping that we kind of exceeded our expectations on doing those buckets so thank you for everybody that participated in that our missions and our prayer emphasis in June is going to be to pray for our United Methodist missionaries who are serving on the mission field each week we're going to kind of spotlight one and ask you to pray for them Today, we are going to, to spotlight uh, Reverend John Calhoun, who is a missionary to the English pastor of the English-speaking United Methodist Church in Vienna, Austria. Um, so pray for, for John and pray for his family. And each week, we'll just kind of highlight, did you know that we have missionaries all over the world? And this one is serving in Vienna, Austria. I think I'd like to go and visit, visit his church sometime. <laughs> Never been to Vienna, but uh, pray for John, and each week we'll, we'll uh, pray for somebody different. If you have a prayer request, send it to us. We want to pray for you. We have a prayer team that meets every Wednesday and prays for all of our prayer requests. So I know that you have prayer requests. Send them to us. We do take them seriously and pray for them. If you have a praise report, we love to hear those too. If you are, are giving today, we have uh, offering plates by the doors. You can place your offering there. You can always give online, and thank you for supporting us. Everything that you see around us, all the stuff we're talking about, vacation Bible school, camp, music, missions, all of that is because you love and support your church. So thank you for that. Let's pray. Lord, for all the needs that we have on our hearts, we lift them to you. For the ones that are spoken, for the ones that are unspoken, for the ones that are, are deep and painful, for direction, Lord, because we do know sometimes just which way to go. Lord, I thank you for how you have answered our prayers. I thank you for how you are leading us. I thank you for blessing us and making us able to be a blessing to others by giving. I pray, Lord, that every every bit of time and every bit of talent and every bit of tithe and offering would be just blessed and multiplied and used in your kingdom for your glory in Jesus name. Amen.
I love that song so much. <laughs> they just do such a good job. Thank you, Praise Band, for, uh, for always leading us well in worship. I want to just say, uh, at this point, if, if you didn't get one of these when you came in, one of these little cups, they were in the baskets as you came in. Uh, my friend Jacob back there is going to bring you one right now. If you'll raise your hand and you didn't get one of these little communion cups and elements, um, then wave, wave your hand. And So I will just tell you, if you're worshiping with us at home, if you want to plan now how you're going to celebrate communion with us from wherever you are, then think about that. Whatever you have on hand, uh, because we ask God to bless that, and it, it's, it's a way, it's a, a tangible way to help us to remember what, what the Lord did for us, and so use whatever you have on hand. We have these handy-dandy cups, and um, just telling you now, is, is if you have... Uh, like dexterity problems, scoot over next to somebody that has fingernails that can help you pull, pull those <laughs> off here in a little bit. We're starting a brand new um, series today called Mysterious Women of the Bible. Ooh. Uh, and so I want to tell you kind of where this came from. A few years ago, um, I watched this movie called Hidden Figures. Did any of y'all ever watch that movie? I, I recommend, I don't recommend many movies, but I recommend that one. I was interested in it because uh, we spent a lot of years in Huntsville. Tammy's dad worked for the space industry, and, and it was all about, it's all about, it's a, it's a, you know, based on a true story about, about um, these African-American women that worked in the background in the early 60s. And the hidden figures part of it was kind of intriguing because, it, yes, yes, they were hidden, because they were women and they were African American, they working in a uh, a time when they were hidden in another building, you know, and and the figures part is is you know the forms in the shadows kind of thing, people in the background, and also the figures part because of um, because of Katherine Johnson was one of one of the most brilliant mathematicians. The figures, do you see? And as a matter of fact, uh, John Glenn might never have made it back to Earth if it were not for her and, and the ones that worked with her and these amazing hidden women. Um, I absolutely loved it. And, and I thought about all of the women in the Bible that, that sometimes we don't think about. They're just in the background. They're kind of hidden. And, and they're kind of mysterious. A lot of times we don't even know their names. Um, but they teach us something. And so, Mysterious Women of the Bible. Here's how it's going to work. I'm going to tell you, kind of give you a hint, and then see if you can guess. All right? So, for instance, if, if I said, this is my clue for this woman. If I said she had a fruitful discussion with a snake, what would be your guess? Eve, of course, yeah. So, now, if you can guess this one today, before we read the scripture, okay, after I read the scripture, I'll give it away. If you can guess before I read the scripture, then your prize is going to be a piece of leftover candy from Halloween from the kids' craft room. All right, I'll make sure you get your prize if you guess it. Here is the hint for today. She was doggone smart. Anybody want to guess? Don't Google it. You at home, if you're if you got you don't know, don't Google it. You probably couldn't find it. All right. No guesses. All right. 
Okay, you'd get two pieces of candy if you guess this. Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then, a Canaanite woman from the region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, It's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the mas their master's table. Then Jesus said, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. Word of God. God. This mysterious woman of the Bible is really a... I guess an unlikely hero of the faith. Now, why do I say she's an unlikely hero of the faith? Because in verse 28, Jesus says, Woman, you have great faith. You have great faith. So if she has great faith, why shouldn't she be one of the heroes of the faith? To me, I mean, we think more likely a hero of the faith would probably be one of the disciples. But, I mean, do you remember when they were in the boat and the storm came up? And Jesus was asleep in the boat, and they went to Jesus and said, Lord, save us. We're about to die here. And Jesus says, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Right? And then when, when Jesus was in his hometown area and he preached there, it says that he couldn't do very many miracles there because they had so little faith. So the people sometimes in the Bible that you expect to have faith don't have very much. And these hidden figures, these behind-the-scenes mysterious people are the ones that end up having great faith. So I really admire this woman. Um, I think her faith was great. She didn't walk on water. She didn't move a mountain. She, look... Let's be honest, she'd never been to church a day in her life. She certainly had never read the Bible as we know it. But what was it about her faith? What was it about her faith? I think one of it, one of the things about her faith that made it great was that it was unselfish. She was coming to the Lord not on behalf of herself to enrich herself in some way, she was just crying out for her daughter. And there's something about crying out in faith for someone that we love that touches the heart of Jesus every single time. I'll give you another example of that. And we are doing a Bible study on Wednesdays in the Gospel of Luke. And we just got through studying chapter 7 in the Gospel of Luke where a Roman centurion came and pled with Jesus, or he sent his servants and pled with Jesus on behalf of his servant at home who was sick and about to die. And the Roman centurion said, I'm not even worthy to have you come under my roof, Lord. 
but I know about authority because he was a Roman soldier, right? I know what it's like to get orders. I know what it's like to give orders. And if you just give your word, that's enough. And Jesus marveled at his faith. He was a Roman centurion. He wasn't supposed to have faith. But Jesus said, assuredly, I say to you, and he's telling this to his disciples, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. So, so many times Jesus said to the people who were supposed to have faith, where is your faith? And so many times people who weren't supposed to have any amazed Jesus. But I think the common thing here is their faith was unselfish. Another thing is it was just so persistent. It, it was, there's nothing that breaks down barriers like just plain old persistence. It reminds me of Jesus telling the parable in Luke 18 about the, the judge that was unjust. It said that this judge, he was a real rascal. It said he didn't fear God and he didn't respect people. Somehow he was judge. And this widow kept coming to him, asking him for justice, asking him for justice. And he's just like, go away, I don't want to fool with you. But she kept coming, and she kept coming, and she kept coming. And finally he gave her justice, not because he feared God, and not because he respected her, but because she was just so determined. Persistent faith. Persistent. Just think about all the barriers that this, this woman had to overcome. There was the, the, the huge ethnic barrier because of who she was. She was a Canaanite. And you say, okay, well, big deal. She was a Canaanite. I don't know any Canaanites today. But Canaanites had been the enemies of the Jews ever since the days of Noah. Think how far back that go, goes. Canaan was one of the sons uh, of Noah's son, Ham. He was Noah's grandson. And he had been cursed ever since Genesis chapter 9 and condemned to be a slave of his brother's. And so when Abraham came to the promised land, in Deuteronomy 20, we see that, the, the, that God tells the, the Israelites to completely wipe out and drive out the Canaanites, completely get rid of them. Their daughters were not supposed to be married to a Canaanite. Their sons were not supposed to take wives from the Canaanites. They were never supposed to be at peace and live in prosperity and peace with the Canaanites. They considered them subhuman. They considered them less than. They considered them other. You know what their nickname for the Canaanites were? Dogs. Dogs. So imagine if you were a Canaanite. How would you feel about the Jews? If somebody thought that about you, you'd be like, I don't want anything to do with them either. So that was a huge barrier, and this woman had to overcome it. There was just the plain old social and gender barriers. I mean, she was, she was a woman, and it was socially unacceptable for a woman to approach a man in public and have any kind of conversation with him. It just wasn't done. To do that would just be shameful. And then there was just the religious barrier. She was from the region of Tyre and Sidon, these Phoenician cities that were in the, beyond the northern border of, of Israel were 
people who worshipped Phoenician gods. And so not only was she not Jewish, she was not even a God worshiper at all. She was a pagan. But here's the thing about her. Despite all of that, she was a Jesus seeker. She came to Jesus that day. And what is interesting is when she got to Jesus that day, what she found was more barriers. She found first Jesus kind of ignored her, really. Verse 23. Then the disciples told Jesus, please, please send this woman away. She's getting on our nerves. We can't stand to hear the sound of her voice crying out for help. And, and then if that wasn't enough, Jesus turned to her and said, Look, I was just sent to the house of Israel. I'm, I'm sent to the lost sheep of Israel. That's who I'm going after. And all of that would have stopped most people. But when your baby's sick, when your baby is sick, when your child is struggling, when you've got nothing left to lose, she finally fell down at Jesus' feet and just said, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. And then Jesus said something that's always been kind of hard for us to understand. He said, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Whew, that sounds awfully harsh, doesn't it? I mean, dog was, it was a derogatory term that was used for anybody that was not of the house of Israel. I guess it would be nice for us to stop and admit that that would mean us too, <laughs> not, not being Jewish. Most of us cannot trace our ancestry back to Abraham. We're not Jews by birth. We have been grafted into the family tree, so to speak. But dog, what did Jesus mean by that? Well, two things about that. One is the word that Jesus used is only found here in the New Testament. There are other places where Jesus said dog, and, and like in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7, he says, do not give what is holy to, to dogs. Do not cast your pearl before swine. Y'all remember that. Different word. This word used only here in this passage is a word, the Greek word for a little dog, like a puppy. It was kind of a term of endearment. Something else. When we read something, it kind of gets lost in the translation. That's why I never like to say anything super important by email or something like that, because it's, it's too easy to get misunderstood, isn't it? Um, because there's body language, there's a twinkle in a person's eye. So when Jesus said this to her, I have to believe that there was something in his eye, something in his tone of voice, something about the word he used by dog that was a little tongue in cheek. So I think not only did she show faith, and persistence and humility, I think she showed she had a sense of humor. And she was smart. 
She didn't argue with Jesus. She didn't get insulted. She didn't say, what do you mean calling me a dog? I'm not a dog, you know, you're a dog. She didn't get in that with him. She just said, you know what, you're right. I am a dog, but even the little dogs get to eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. She was doggone smart. Another thing that I admire about her faith is that she was humble. I mean, look at the posture that she takes. She cries out for mercy. She cries out for mercy, not justice. She cries for mercy. It reminds me of the story one time I heard of a church that was getting its new pictorial directory made. And when the pictures came back, this one man was very upset. And he called the photographer, and he was very irate with her over the phone. And he said, these pictures don't do me justice. And the photographer said, sir, I've seen your pictures, and believe me, you don't need justice. You need mercy. So I don't need justice. I need mercy. She called out for mercy. And finally, she just asked for grace. Grace is undeserved good favor. And Jesus said, your, your faith is great, woman. Be it done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed. I admire her faith. But more importantly, Jesus admired her faith. To Jesus' followers, here was someone who was unclean. She was cursed. She was a pagan. She was a Canaanite. They just apparently did not understand what Jesus had taught them just in the beginning of chapter 15 when the Pharisees and the scribes came to Jesus fussing about how the disciples were not following the purity rituals concerning hand washings. Jesus said, it's not what enters your mouth that defiles you. It's what proceeds out of your mouth that defiles you. And, and their, their unkindness and their hatefulness toward this woman showed what was on the inside of them and her humble request before the Lord showed what was on the inside of her. So this woman, this Canaanite woman, this, this dog, if you will, showed that her heart was close to God by her faith being great. And Jesus responded. So on one side, there's this incredible hidden figure, this woman with her unselfish face. On the other side, there is a crowd that doesn't even want this woman to take up Jesus' time because they just want Jesus all to themselves. Don't waste your time on her. On one side, there's this woman who has a persistent faith. She just keeps coming back, keeps coming back. On the other side, there's the crowd that keeps throwing up barriers. The more she persists, the more barriers they throw up for her to overcome. Send her away, Jesus. Send her away. We're tired of hearing her cry. On one side, there's a woman that's humble in her faith. On the other side is a crowd that thinks in their hearts that they're so much better than her. And the question is, which side are we on? Which side are we on? You see, we, we judge ourselves when we judge our brothers and sisters, even those that we might consider the least of our brothers and sisters. 
by saying that they are defiled, we have defiled ourselves by the unloving words that have come out of our mouths. By saying that they're not worthy for the kingdom of God, we have showed that we're not worthy of the kingdom of God. So what posture do we assume when we come to the Lord? I think this is maybe our last lesson that we learn from this mysterious woman of the Bible. In the old 1964 United Methodist hymnal, which I actually kind of like better than the 1989 version that we use today, there is a prayer that the minister and the people pray before coming to the Lord's table. And here's why I like this. I think you'll, you'll see why I like this. It might even sound familiar to you if you've been around as long as I have. The prayer goes like this. We do not presume to come to this thy table, O merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in thy manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under thy table, but thou art the same Lord whose property is always to have mercy. Grant us therefore, gracious Lord, so to partake of this sacrament of thy Son, Jesus Christ, that we may walk in newness of life, may grow into his likeness, and may evermore dwell in him and he in us. You see how we come to the Lord? And you see the goal of the whole thing is that we might walk in newness of life, that we might grow into his likeness and that we may evermore dwell in him and he in us. That sounds like just what I've been looking for. How about you? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the lessons that we learn in your word from unexpected places. You teach us, Lord, if we will only pay attention. You teach us not from the high and mighty, but from the hidden figures. You teach us to, to be unselfish in our faith, to be persistent and humble in our faith. You teach us to come to you depending on your mercy, not on our good works. And that's how we come to you today. And we come to you remembering that on the night in which you gave yourself up for us, you took the bread and you blessed it and you broke it. And you said, take and eat. This is my body broken for you. And then you took the cup after supper and you gave thanks to the Father. And you said to your disciples, drink from this, all of you. For this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink as often as you drink this in remembrance of me. And now, Lord, I pray that you would pour out your spirit on all of us gathered here and on all of us who are worshiping online today. Pour out your spirit on all of us. Make us one with each other and one with you. You in us and us in you. Conformed into your likeness. 
until you come again and, fe and we feast at your heavenly banquet. We feast at this earthly banquet now. And we say, thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. body and blood of Christ given for you. If you will, at this time, take your uh, cup, the very top layer, which is kind of tricky, the very top layer, you will find the, the wafer, body of Christ, broken for you. Thanks be to God. And then the second layer is the cup, blood of Christ shed for you. Thanks be to God. There are trash receptacles by each door that you can put those in. One more reminder. Um, it's our custom to receive a communion offering whenever we have communion. If you're... Um, here with us in the sanctuary today you want to to leave an offering on the the altar rail we will collect that everything that's given for our communion offering goes to help people who call us literally on a daily basis asking for for help we use all of that for our local missions so if you feel led to if you're able to give if you're worshiping from home and you want to give you can you can give um and when, when you're by here or give online There's a place where mercy reigns and never dies. There's a place where streams of grace flow deep and wide. Where all the
Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord be gracious unto you and make his face shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.